Hello and welcome to the South Carolina Lead. I'm your host, Gavin Jackson, and this episode was recorded on June 7th, 2021 from South Carolina Public Radio Studios here in Columbia. Just so you know, some of the information in this podcast may have changed by the time you've heard it. This episode features remarks from Governor Henry McMaster, who did not renew his state of emergency order on Sunday. Trey Gowdy is now in primetime on Fox News. And Senator Lindsey Graham continues his calls for an investigation into the origins of the coronavirus in China. We have the latest on millions of dollars in broadband projects set to be awarded in the state. And health experts from Johns Hopkins University update us on some of the remaining challenges the pandemic presents. Additionally, we want to hear your stories. Remember, it's June. You got to give us a call. That's what the month is for. 803-563-7169. We love hearing from y'all. Leave us a one to three minute long voicemail about what's going on in your world, how life is for you right now, things that are winding down. We're no longer in a state of emergency. Maybe what you're doing to to still stay safe if you uh, haven't got the vaccine yet or if you have what you're doing differently. Let us know. 803-563-7169. Now for the latest in South Carolina. Currently, the spread of COVID-19 is moderate, according to data from the Department of Health and Environmental Control. I understand there's data. There have been 9,754 total deaths, and currently there are 502,542 total cases being reported in all 46 counties as of June 7th at 4 p.m. Our current percent positive rate is 1.8%. There are 203 patients hospitalized with COVID-19 in the state, 65 are in intensive care, and 30 are on ventilators. Currently, 38.2% of eligible South Carolinians have been fully vaccinated so far in the state. We're going to start off our politics section with a little bit of a throwback. Remember last year when there were regular COVID media briefings by the governor and other officials? Well, Governor McMaster held his first such briefing since March 2nd, back when he announced that the state would be moving into vaccine phase 1B. Now, of course, there have been regular media briefings with DHEC officials online, and it's not difficult to ask the governor questions at other such events. Needless to say, on Monday, McMaster and DHEC officials were back at the South Carolina Emergency Management Division's Emergency Operations Center to announce that after 451 days, the state is no longer operating under a state of emergency order. I would say it still exists. We still need to be careful. We need to always uh, keep our eyes and ears open for the latest information because we know it is a dangerous virus. If, if, if you get it, uh, you depending on your condition and other circumstances, you're liable to have some very serious consequences, as we know many of our loved ones did. But we have, the, our posture at this point is very good. The decisions we made not to close all businesses A to Z as they did in other states, and many are still closed in other states. Some churches were closed. It's remarkable what, uh, how far they went in some other states. We took a different approach and wanted, wanted to be careful, measured, and limited as possible and only to those places and as, as for the period of time necessary that we could justify putting limits on people. There were 39 emergency orders issued by McMaster, including one month-long mandatory work or home order from April to May of last year. That closed a lot of non-essential businesses and also worked to limit people doing non-essential activities besides going to work or going home. 
Now, lawmakers this past legislative session worked on legislation to reform the governor's emergency powers and his ability to issue consecutive emergency orders, an effort that the governor himself supports. However, more work needs to be done on that, and that bill still remains active. Now, even though the emergency is over, the move won't affect the National Guard, which will continue to serve in its operational capacity supporting the state, and it will not jeopardize any federal funding. Citing the continued decline in cases, hospitalizations, and deaths in the state, the governor applauded the vaccination efforts going on. But health officials like DHEC Director Dr. Edward Simmer echoed his call for more South Carolinians to get the vaccine, to keep the rates low, and said that even though we're out of a state of emergency, that doesn't mean it's the end of the effort. You know, I think very importantly, you know, the end of the emergency doesn't mean the end of the effort. So we are still going to be doing lots of things to get vaccine out to areas where they haven't had good access yet, get them out to our rural areas, you know, try to go door to door to encourage folks where we can. Um, so there's much more work that we're going to be doing um, to get more folks vaccinated. Just because the emergency ends doesn't mean the effort does. And I think that's an important point here. So, you know, I think uh, obviously every individual has to decide about the vaccine for themselves. Uh, now that the vaccines are available for children as young as 12 with the Pfizer vaccine, certainly we have a lot of parents bringing their children in to get vaccinated, and I think that's a good sign. Uh, but, you know, uh, people have questions, and they should have questions before they get a, a, something like a new vaccine. So long as they're getting the right information and accurate information, because there's a lot of bad information out there, but if they're getting the accurate information so they can make an informed choice, that's all we ask. Now, you heard the stats moments ago, but currently only 38.2% of eligible South Carolinians, or 1.6 million, have been fully vaccinated. As for whether school children or anyone should be mandated to get the vaccine, Director Simmer said that should remain an individual's choice. I think it's important to remember, as safe as these vaccines appear to be, they are under emergency use authorization. Um, and therefore, I don't think it's appropriate to mandate any group to get vaccinations, to include school children. Certainly we encourage it. The evidence suggests that it is very safe for them to get it. Um, but again, that has to be the parent's choice. Moving on, Senator Lindsey Graham was in Greenville on Monday visiting Premier Medical Laboratory Service to tour the lab, which does COVID testing and genetic sequencing to test for other COVID variants. Premier was the first lab outside of the DHEC State Lab to start running COVID tests that helped tackle the crush of testing during the pandemic. The lab is also manufacturing testing reagents domestically, a move that Graham touted as he continues his push to reshore parts of the critical medical supply chain that was strained during the pandemic. But Graham went before cameras to also continue his calls for investigating the possibility of COVID-19 coming from a lab in Wuhan, China. And he has more questions for scientists at the National Institutes of Health about why the lab theory wasn't given more credibility early on. How could these scientists so early on shoot down the lab leak theory without a thorough investigation? And why were people who suggested it may have come out of the lab, why were they silenced? What were they trying to hide? And do you agree with the analysis in this Wall Street Journal editorial that seems to suggest the overwhelming evidence that the nature of this virus came from a lab, not from nature? Those are the things I want to know from Dr. Fauci. It's not about firing him for me. It's about finding out what happened and how it happened and do we have a deep state science department that's protecting its turf? I think a couple things happened early on. There are people that did not want Trump to be right. Trump suggested this may have come from the lab and he was called a xenophobic racist by suggesting it came from the lab in China. Well, some people just don't want Trump to ever be right and those same people are stakeholders in the grant program where their livelihood is on the line. So the people doing the investigation need to be outside of this system. 
Graham's comments came days after former President Donald Trump told a North Carolina crowd that China should pay up to $10 trillion in reparations to the United States and suggested that any country that owes money to China should have their debts canceled as a, quote, down payment on reparations. Graham said that he and others will be introducing sanctions on China. I will be partnering up with my colleagues in the House and the Senate to introduce sanctions against China for the following purpose. If China doesn't help the international community and cooperate with the international community about where the virus came from, we will sanction them until they do. I don't trust China. I don't trust them to be honest with the world. It would be very embarrassing and devastating to China if this came out of lab, not from nature. So the only way you're going to get China to cooperate, I believe, is to put pressure on them. So number one, I want Dr. Fauci to look at uh, the, the article here and see if he agrees that the most logical source of the virus came from a lab in China, not a bat in China. Uh, that would make a big difference to me. Most likely what happened is that they had captured this virus years ago from a bat in China and they were doing gain-of-function research trying to sort of increase its potency to be able to deal with um, treatment. Well, most likely it seems, I don't know for sure, that that research um, got leaked. While Graham said that some people just don't ever want Trump to be right about his laboratory theory, which he started touting back in April 2020, it stands in contradiction of what the intelligence community was reporting at the time as well. Back then, the Office of the Director of National Intelligence put out a statement saying that the U.S. intelligence community agreed with the, quote, wide scientific consensus, quote, that the coronavirus was not man-made or genetically modified. Regardless of the situation, there remains plenty to look into when it comes to what the Chinese government knows and our own. And as we leave you, some little media news for you. Former South Carolina Congressman Trey Gowdy kicked off his new weekly show on Fox called Sunday Night in America, which airs at 7 p.m. Sundays. Gowdy has been a Fox News contributor since 2019, but was fired amid plans to join former President Donald Trump's impeachment legal team as outside counsel. But that never came to pass, and he returned to Fox. Now, Gowdy told the Hill newspaper that he hopes his show won't become an ideological echo chamber like other shows, and one of his first guests was his good friend, Senator Tim Scott, who on his show on Sunday said, quote, we're spending too much time dwelling in the past, not for its lessons, but almost reliving it as if 1865 and 1965 are somehow embedded in 2021, quote. We don't have details on the hair and makeup budget, but looking good, Trey. While we may have not talked much about broadband investment recently, rest assured that doesn't mean it's still not happening. In fact, a new round of projects are set to be awarded shortly by the Office of Regulatory Staff, the agency which oversees utility regulation in the state. This is thanks to $30 million in state funding that will serve as a one-to-one match with additional money going toward projects in more rural and poorer counties in the state. For more information about this, I spoke with ORS Director Nanette Edwards on This Week in South Carolina. Starting in 2020, our South Carolina General Assembly utilized $50 million in CARES-funded funding. And of that $50 million, we used or set aside $29.7 million, almost $30 million, 
and broadband infrastructure funding. Now, because the CARES deadline was so short, we had to be done by December of 2020, December 30th, 2020. Um, we had more funding than we had applicants. We had 14 companies participate. We were able to expend 17 million. And for that 17 million, we accomplished passing over 18,000 homes and businesses. And that was done in a very short time frame, really between July and December. Where we are now is we're currently in a state funding process. Um, this is uh, 30 million of South Carolina state funds, and it came from the South Carolina Department of Commerce. And we have had, as of May 14th, we had 85 applications filed uh, covering 22 counties. If we had had the money, it's basically a request for totaling about 68 million. So we have more applications than we have money. It's the exact opposite situation that we had last year. We will, by the end of June, early July, we will have selected those applications that can move forward with the 30 million in state funding. And there is also what's known as the Rural Digital Opportunity Fund. This is the Federal Communications Commission did an award last year, some $121 million in federal funding to companies here in South Carolina. Now, that process can take up to six to, ten, six to 10 years to fully build out those construction projects. But that's an additional $121 million in federal funding that has been designated by the FCC. So, so those projects um, were awarded, I want to say, the fourth quarter of 2020. Mm -hmm. With about a minute left, Nanette, I want to ask you about uh, the American Rescue Plan. We're talking about $2.5 billion coming to South Carolina alone. That's my understanding that the legislature has to decide where that money goes, essentially. So that could be going a good chunk to broadband. Uh, and if that's the case, do you see us closing this gap finally? Maybe if we're talking about 650,000 South Carolinians without uh, Internet access to high-speed broadband, do you feel like we're getting closer? Are we going to be able to accomplish this if we do get more money uh, from this federal program? We definitely, whether it's that federal program or, or another, I, will, I would say we estimate that, and this is a rough estimate, but we're estimating that to get fiber to all the unserved locations in South Carolina would be about a $1.4 billion project. Now, that number is based upon the end of 2020 data. And as we move forward with all the projects we mentioned to you, you know, obviously there's these pots of money that are becoming available. I would say that if you saw an investment of somewhere around 500 million, you would see a substantial impact to our state in the remaining unserved areas. So to answer your question, out of 2.5 billion, somewhere around 500 million is definitely a number that would have a substantial impact. You can watch that full episode on youtube.com slash South Carolina ETV. And you can also catch my interview with SCDOT Deputy Secretary Brent Ruiz about ongoing transportation infrastructure projects in the state as the gas tax is set to rise another two cents on July 1st.
In our medical section, I wanted to catch y'all up on some other trends in medical news going on with the pandemic response. So to do that, we turn to the weekly COVID-19 briefing that Johns Hopkins University holds each Friday. Dr. Bill Moss is the executive director of the Johns Hopkins International Vaccine Access Center, and he gave an outlook on the global vaccine effort to mitigate the virus. Dr. Moss also explains why there is a self-preservation interest for the U.S. and other global leaders to donate vaccines to countries who are at risk of a third wave. 85 percent of those vaccines have been in high and upper uh, upper middle income countries with only about 0.3 percent of doses administered in low income countries. And this is this is needs to be a a priority of the U.S. government and a a priority of global uh, leaders uh, and particularly those wealthy, those high income countries that have access to vaccines. I'm particularly concerned about countries throughout sub-Saharan Africa. Um, They are they are further behind uh, than countries on any other continent. And they're beginning to see, uh, unfortunately, an uptick um, and a potential third wave. From a global view to the United States, Moss said that we're reaching the halfway mark for all age groups across the board, including the newly admitted young population. And that puts the country on track to meet President Joe Biden's goal of 70 percent of the population receiving at least one dose of the vaccine by July 4th. So here in the United States, we continue to make progress, and that's uh, helping to drive the decrease in cases, hospitalizations, and deaths. Almost 300 million doses administered in the United States. We've reached some landmarks. Three quarters of all adults older than 65 years of age are now fully vaccinated. We've passed that 50% mark, half mark, uh, for adults older than 18, uh, fully vaccinated at 52%. And if we look at uh, even people older than 12 years of age, the eligibility age groups in the United States were nearing that halfway mark of 48.8%. Um, so great progress, but the pace of vaccination in the United States has decreased. We're averaging about 1 million doses administered per day, down from about an average of about 3 million doses per day um, in April. We are on track, assuming uh, that we continue this trajectory to uh, reach President Biden's goal of 70% of adults in the United States receiving at least one dose by July 4th. That is an arbitrary benchmark. It doesn't have biological significance, um, but it's an important one. Um, We're right now at 63% of adults uh, in the United States having received at least one dose. But Moss's colleague, Dr. Brian Garibaldi, said with varying populations within states showing large differences in vaccination rates, there needs to be more done to understand why this is the case. We know that unvaccinated people are getting infected at similar rates as they were getting infected back in January at the peak of our winter surge. Um, And I I think it's really important for people who are not vaccinated yet, for whatever reason, to recognize that they are still vulnerable. They can still get sick. They can still die from COVID, despite the benefits we're seeing in, in the drop in infections across the country. And this is really playing out in some of the what we've seen in terms of healthcare disparities. You know, if you look at the the data from Washington uh, D.C. right now. About 80% of infections are in African Americans, uh, and they only make up less than you know about 45, 50% of the population. And that's a uh, we've seen that spread uh, widen between who's getting infected. You know, the white population is getting infected only about 10% of the time, and, and they've had a higher uptake of vaccines in that population for a number of different reasons. So I think this is an opportunity for everyone to take a breath to say, hey, we're we're making great progress, but uh, I think we really need to double down on on 
trying to understand why certain people are not getting vaccinated, making sure that people have access to the right information, access to the vaccines themselves, and, and reminding those who can't get vaccinated for any number of reasons that they're still vulnerable. Some interesting data right there. Data. That unvaccinated folks are still getting infected at the same rates they were during the winter surge. And yes, while treatment options are improving, you can still become seriously ill and die from COVID-19 if you are unvaccinated. Of course, we'll note if you are vaccinated, it is extremely rare that you'll have a breakthrough case. But nevertheless, three safe and effective vaccines are out there. Welcome to our wind down section, our little break from the news. We talk about life during the pandemic and want to hear your stories as well. So tell us, it's June. You got to call June. us. You're required to call. Everyone's got to check in. You got to check in with us. 803-563-7169. We're getting so close to our air fryer drawing. It's unbelievable the possibility that we might even have the possibility of getting a drawing. Oh, I imagine the possibilities, you know? <laughs> but then even imagine the possibilities. Yes, of course. <laughs> But let us know what's going on. 803-563-7169. AT, we got some voicemails still, huh? Oh, we got, we got, after this one, we only have one more. So the hopper is close to dipping in the red. So if you're on the fence, I mean, when you're here, your family, you can go ahead and call. Yeah, start thinking of clever things. Um, uh, I have a prompt for people if they want it. Let's Um, hit it. Things that have been in your your clothing, in your pockets, in your pants, in your shorts that you've made, that has made it through the wash and the dryer. Because I'm saying this because I had a pair of headphones, these, you know, these Apple headphones that I just saw in my laundry pile today. I was like, when did, how did, what did they make? So you're saying this is a, this is a testament to their, their great quality. Just like lip balm. If you've ever had a tube of lip balm make it through without, I don't know, exploding. I'm just, it blows me away. Anyway, I want to hear some wild stories if anyone has anything that's made it through the wash. (laughs) 803-563-7169. Okay. With that being said. (laughs) With that being said. Here is our call for today. Hey, Gavin. Hey, AT. Chris from Columbia here. Just finished up around the golf at Lindrick Golf Course, North Columbia. Uh, shot 94 out there today. It was really hot. Um, my quest in 2021 has been to break 90. I've been using golf as a, a way to get some exercise in the pandemic. It's been easy to stay socially distant, especially before I, I got my shot. And now I'm just preparing for a couple of summer trips I have lined up uh, back home up in Michigan. Hopefully the weather's a bit cooler up there. I was wondering, I hear you guys like to uh, get out on the course of the moon. Again, if you have any tips, any tips to help me uh, with my goal of breaking 90. Uh, also, I know if you guys got a chance to uh, check out the PGA Championship last weekend. I was really nostalgic to see old Phil back up on top. I felt like I was a kid again. Uh, so thanks a lot for everything you do, guys. And, uh, yeah, let me know if you got any tips for me. Hit them straight. Thanks a lot. Chris, thanks for calling. We do love Lindbergh Golf Course here oh, in Columbia. That's the one. Yeah, love it so that, much. That's my favorite one. And we definitely, we yeah, golfing was huge during the pandemic for us too. Something easy you could go do safely outside. Uh, as for tips, um, I mean, I'm not we, breaking Gavin 90. And I, I don't really keep score. Let's just say <laughs> Gavin, that. Gavin and I have uh, one rule, and it's really just uh, keep it sleazy. So uh, <laughs> so if, if you're out there and you're having fun, uh, yes. that's all that really matters. I mean, when I I've, I can go my lowest at Linrick. I, I can shoot in the low 80s there. I've never broken 80. But um, uh, I don't know. I, I mean, there's there's cheesy stuff like keep, keep your dang old head down, you know? Oh, my God. You sound like my father. <laughs> 
<laughs> keep your head down. Keep your front arm straight. That kind yeah. of stuff. Very yeah. important. Uh, one, one, one super lame thing that I've been doing, and I, I, I have been visualizing my shots. I've been opening my third eye, aligning all my uh, chakras, and uh, and uh, uh, ripping ropes. You know what I mean? It's been a, it's been a while since I've been out there. Honestly, I've been I haven't made time. So I'm Gavin. Gavin's not a, as right much now. about the lifestyle as I am. I have been improving my um my drive for sure. I've I've been leaning like sitting back more, and I got a better mm -hmm. driver that I stole from my brother. So he is a much better driver now. Um, yeah, but yeah, it, it's I, I think practicing is the biggest thing that everyone will tell you. <laughs> like doing it over, like you know, doing it over and over, yeah. like going out there, Playing making more the time golf, for very important. Driving range is also a great, great way to do it. I don't. I, I, swear I, to God, I, I love going to the driving range. I'm like, oh, range. they are going so straight. They're going. It's so good. And then it does not translate to the. I'm the box. opposite. <laughs> Every single time, I suck at the driving range, and I, I'm great on the course. But mm -hmm. uh, I digress. Yeah. Uh, no one wants to hear about I know, golf yeah. except we'll, you, Chris. We'll do our golf D pod. DM us, and I, I will absolutely talk about golf but with we, you. I, I love talking about it. Ripping we, absolute dingers. We do need to do a, a lead golf tournament, though. That's that's in the works. <laughs> one of these years. One of these days. Yeah. Could you imagine? You know, sneak, sneaky good golfer. Jamie Lovegrove. Oh, yeah. You heard it here first. He's good. He's good. I played with him. We'll bring some people out. So, but AT, you had some news we wanted to work through, some uh, yes. some profiling news. I, I, yes, I need some help because I was profiled, not in a racial way or anything bad, you know, uh, but uh, well, one I don't know about. The first one was, so it, this year of Spoleto is the last year for uh, the general director, Nigel Redden, and they we they held an, an outdoor party mm. at the Spoleto headquarters out in a courtyard. Very mm. fancy. Sounds like not, it. Not a place you would expect to find me of all sorts, Duh. you know? Like there were there were these world renowned artists and uh, me, and so this guy was wa walking around with a tray and he had Chardonnay and rosé on it, and he's offering it to everyone. And when he gets to me, he looks at me and he just goes, "You want a beer?" <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, yeah, I do. You're right, I did." So he profiled me and he sort of hit the nail on but the head. But I was then, asking you, were you were you wearing a t-shirt? What were you wearing? I, I didn't was know wearing, what you're wearing. I was wearing a collared shirt and a bat. I did have a backwards hat on. It was a PBR hat. Um, okay. But he, I don't think he had seen that. No, I, yeah, it wasn't, sure, sure. I wasn't like I wasn't sticking out like a sore thumb. But um. But you I mean, wearing, I guess, I, guess yeah. I was. Did you have shorts was, on? Did you have pants on? I had shorts on, but I was not the only person with shorts on. Okay. Many people had shorts on. It was outdoors in Charleston. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, so I, I, I feel like I wasn't sticking out that bad, but I guess I was. But then, this is the one I really need help on. And Gavin, I, I just need some some of your uh, sage insight and wisdom mm. here. Go forth, my child. Later <laughs> on, I was at the bar getting another beer. Mm-hmm. And um, this girl just walks up to me. I have not spoken to her. She walks up to me. She looks at me. She goes, you look like you smoke cigarettes. Do you have a cigarette I can have? <laughs> I think that's just and, like, go ahead. And I was like, uh, well, no, I've never had a cigarette in my life. So I'm sorry, ma'am. And she walks away. And then I was just sitting there. I was like, did she ask me because I look like a scumbag or because I'm cool looking or, or what like where on that spectrum like what 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 was that i was need this, help this is the same event or you went somewhere separately? same event okay. exact same um, event well i think it's just gonna play off of what this waiter was doing where you looked very chill and approachable <laughs> and she said hey this guy might be the kind of guy that's gonna smoke cigarettes however i would i would say with what you were wearing i would profile you as a vapor uh, oh, so maybe I wouldn't no. even <laughs> maybe I wouldn't approach, but it's it's I look worth like a I shot. Clouds. Now, <laughs> well, I will ask. Did did you see her go to other patrons and ask the same question? Uh, I think I was the first person okay. she came to, and then yeah. she just wandered off. Did like Bagger Vance disappeared in the mist. <laughs> uh, but 
but like man oh man um i was i i don't i just don't know how to take that um it's a compliment yeah you know i Is think it? but i think it's just i mean i've never smoked cigarettes I've, i have no idea what they even i don't even know how to do that <laughs> <laughs> but uh if i were to have smoked them i'm sure i've asked you know every occasional stranger for would a, you ask a degenerate a or would you ask like the coolest guy in the room that's Honestly, what I, that's the it, question it, i need to get answer. down to a point where you're just like anyone so oh, that's yeah, what's yeah. kind of surprised but i think <laughs> she started with you because she's you seemed approachable and likable which 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 tracks because that's who you are so <sighs> well thank you these are thank beneficial you for your, things for your kind words <laughs> you weren't hiding yourself you were embracing yourself and these people saw it and they sought it out Mm. Oh man! Mm. Oh man! But I, if I if I didn't know you and I saw you there, I wouldn't I would have been completely judgmental. You think I would be like who, vaping? Who let, uh, sick who let this riffraff in here? This yeah. backwards <laughs> hat on and a skateboard. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of fashion, at yeah, you went, have you have quite an announcement. <laughs> I went to a, a little retail mecca, also known as Old Navy, this weekend. A, real, a little boutique, a, little a boutique a shop, small like neighborhood frequent. boutique. I don't know if you guys have heard of it, Old Navy. Uh, <laughs> well, Gavin, you should preface this. I that should tell you, them why I went. Yes. Um, we, you like to make fun of my Old Navy flag t-shirt collection. <laughs> he has, he has, Gavin has every year of an Old Navy. It's just I, a flag, says Old Navy and the year. And I always go, man, that shirt's terrible. And he goes, oh, I got it in 2001. And I'm like, I know. It I says can see that. Actually, Old Navy, I don't have one that old. I have 2010, I have a 2012, <laughs> and then a 2016. So I'm like, okay, it's been too long. I need an update. So yeah. your, your boy got a 2021 Old Navy flag tee and tank top. You're looking at the proud owner of. <laughs> and I swear, this comes on the heels of me almost losing the 2010 shirt recently. Oh, it's hard to come back from that. Oh, I'm just, I mean, I was attached to it. And it's good because I still fit into the 2010. So that's kind of like a little benchmark for me, in my opinion, you know, to hold on to that. See, you know, these make shirts sure are identical. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I'm not the t shirt aficionado that you are, of course. Like, I don't have as many. I, I have a know. lot it's of t-shirts, yeah. Difficult. I'm a known t-shirt haver. I will say, though, they have some great t-shirts at Old Navy, like clever, funny Stop shirts. Stop it, Gavin. Stop it, Gavin. Don't. <laughs> don't start. I don't, I don't start. curate. I don't curate witty <laughs> shirts like you do, AT. I respect it, but I just, I'm not going to. But I will say, I didn't buy many other ones. I just bought the two flag, and then um, They the cost like $3. Because They're $5. Prices stayed the same. Inflation be damned. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know, I was just, you know, I was out at Old Navy buying the kids, you know, their school clothes and such. Yeah. Oh, great, great, great fashions for the kids. And then yep, over the weekend, also ran into a leader called Melanie down in Columbia, downtown at Outfest. It was great to run into people Very there. Very cool. You um, love to see it. Apparently she is the, um, I think she's the manager over at Columbia Craft. So we need hey, to pop over there. Great beers over beer, there. Great beers. Great beer on this side of the river. Just kidding. We love you, Lexington <laughs> County. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, check out our Instagram. We're on there. Uh, friend us on Instagram. Follow us on Twitter. We're doing all the social media stuff. We've almost become just an entirely meme page, but that's my bad. <laughs> I need to do some more posting. Uh, I, I feel we'll like that is, a, that is a great thing. Everyone yeah. loves dank, dank memes. Good memes, too. Not nonsense. Good I got memes. a lot of memes down in, in, the, in the bag, too. Gavin doesn't want to share. So well, demand <laughs> demand the heaters. Demand them. Yeah, I, yeah, <laughs> Write the, their local congressman. Uh, yeah, because you're almost completed with your thesis, if I'm not mistaken, your PhD of memology. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> well, help us support AT and his PhD by giving us a call at 803-563-7169 or leaving us a review on iTunes. And you can stay up to date with the latest news on SCETV.org and SouthCarolinaPublicRadio.org. And don't forget to support your local newspapers. For the South Carolina lead, I'm Gavin Jackson. Be well, South Carolina.
I, I kick flipped in. <laughs> um. <laughs> so I also had a skateboard that I was doing sweet killer kick flips on. <laughs> I acid dropped from the roof into the party. I'm, like, I'm, I'm seeing some things now. I'm seeing some things. 